If green is your favorite color or your way of living, then Grounded is the place for you. From big environmental solutions to your own backyard, wherever in the universe you may be, join me, Melanie Walker, on a journey to a cleaner, greener life. Grounded, your window on the environment. And it's another brand new month. Yes, we're into November here in the world. Not just in South Africa, of course, but that's where we're coming from. And this is Grounded, the place you get in touch with your feelings about plants <laughs> and about the universe and everything. As long as you've got your feet very firmly on the ground, that's why you've got to be grounded. And somebody who I know is extremely grounded, who <laughs> always comes to tell me about all these wonderful things that are happening in the world of gardening in South Africa, is Carrie Goodwin from Life is a Garden. Ah, Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's always an absolute here. pleasure. Okay, so we, we talk on seasonal gardening a lot, obviously. Obviously, November now, the rains yes. have started in Johannesburg, so we're in our summer rainfall area. Yay. But of course, we're not just Joburg-based. We, no, we no. do talk to people around the country, so mm. we, we kind of keep an eye on what's happening. I know they've been having storms down in um, KZN again, a lot of rain. <gasps> yeah. And this is one thing that you and I have mentioned and talked about a lot over the years, because the one thing that frustrates me is driving the streets of Johannesburg <laughs> and seeing people washing the road outside their house with good, clean, potable water, which drives me absolutely nuts. Oh, no. Even no. if it comes from a borehole, it's still not a good idea. Yeah, because, Just, you know, <laughs> we boreholes yeah. lower the water table level yeah. and then one day all the water will be gone and that's yeah. that. Mm. Which we should be learning from, from Cape Town, even though we are now apparently absolutely. not at day zero. No. But I, I think what they instilled in Cape Town when they were approaching day zero, Cape Townians still actually live by not completely but they're very still water conscious whereas in Gauteng I would say we're probably not as water conscious even with the threat that we had of day zero a few weeks ago it didn't seem people really changed their watering practices too much but I think for me it's not only gardeners I think unfortunately gardeners get blamed the most for you know watering maybe their lawns when they shouldn't be watering their lawns or watering their plants and how do they spend so much water watering plants when other people have no water so I think it's a real challenge for us as trying to say that actually but People who are practicing good gardening, they have the skills to know that actually how to water, when to water, and they're not the ones who are always wasting the water. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was quite a challenge for us when, as an industry, we were looking at water and water restrictions. And I mean, as soon as the word water restrictions gets mentioned, people will stop buying Most plants. Most go like, oh, yeah. people stop buying. <laughs> and apart from the fact you also have to keep all of those seedlings and things alive yes. with a minimum amount of water as well, yeah. which is like integral to what you are doing and growing yeah. your, your stock. Yeah. And, but, and I think actually what an industry, we've done so many wonderful things to try and promote conserving water. So even the seedlings, the growers have all changed their growing mix to make it more water wise. It's got coir in it now, which holds onto the water for longer. So actually when we start having a lot of rain, then we're like, Oh my goodness, our mixes are holding on the, you know, the plants rot more quickly. Mm. And so the growers have really made a change in their practices on how to produce a water-wise plant, even if it is a seedling, you know, and then, you know, a lot of people still go for the succulents as well when it becomes water-wise. But I think it's also just the practices of watering, you know, how to not water too often, you know, water for longer, less frequently, use your gray water, you know, mm -hmm. have you installed maybe um, a rainwater tank? I always say, you know, the, when the kids come to visit and then there's buckets in the showers, they're like, Kaz, why are there buckets? Well, buckets and plants in the showers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I'm exactly. Like, 
exactly my house as well. <laughs> and I'm like, but the buckets are to take my grey water so I can go and water my pots and everything easily. And the plants create a beautiful tropical environment. So I feel like I'm having a rain shower. <laughs> so like, oh, you're a crazy aunt. <laughs> this is what life as a garden is about, is actually mm. helping people to create these good gardening practices yeah. so that you don't do things wrong. And I mean, I, I, you know, we were told we are still on restrictions, even though there's all these things in the press. We'll get to that in a second. Mm. There's still restrictions that you cannot water your gardens in Johannesburg between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Yeah. But if you're a good gardener, you know that the earlier in the morning that you water your plants, well, if it's not raining, of course, is the better way to do it because you don't yeah. want to be watering later in the, in the day. Oh no, we never want to put our bed plants to be, uh, our plants to sleep with wet feet. No, you know, I mean that's like us going to bed with a pair of wet socks on, and then waking up in the morning with our feet feeling all funky and gunky and ew, no, and, and, and our that, poor that plants horrible wrinkles. And you <laughs> yeah. It's the first stage of rotting. Okay, so think about that's what happens to your plants as well. Yes, and then they, you know, we we know that the temperatures are changing as well and the climate is actually very conducive to pests mm. so when we do end up watering really late in the day and we're creating that beautiful humid type of you know warm environment i mean the white fly and the aphids they're just thinking oh this is fantastic Bonanza. You know? yes absolutely and the powdery mildew and the black it's just you really are encouraging pests into your garden mm. and you know what's so surprising got nothing to do with water though is that the christmas beetles are already prolific in I our homes what i did people... have a frog come into my house the other <gasps> night for the first too. time ever i love that you see that's always a sign that there's moisture in the air yeah. and water around but yeah the christmas beetles and they're not even eating the roses yet they started on people's vegetables it seems Ooh, to be beans yeah. and that sort of thing and so i think pests is going to be a real challenge because of the climate that we in well, either we have or we are encouraging mm. within the microclimate that is our gardens. So, you know, be very conscious that even changing your water practices to prevent the pests from being a problem and watering early in the morning, putting good mulch. One of the um, questions that Life as a Garden asked on their seasonal garden Facebook page, which I thought was fascinating, was which plants are doing well in your garden? Mm. <laughs> And 28% of the people said weeds are, are doing really well in their garden. And, and I'm like, what? No ways. So I think, you know, when you mulch properly, then that's, you weeds, inhibit yeah. the weeds. Yeah. So mulching is water-wise, inhibiting the weeds is a really good thing to do in your gardens. Yeah. Um, so that was fascinating for me. <laughs> but one thing about water, of course, I mean, every, I, I did see a whole bunch of people who are going, oh, why, what is Johannesburg talking about? What are the municipalities talking about? Why are they saying we're going on water restrictions? The dams are full, but apparently mm. there's no water. Well, we're not getting our water from the dams. We're getting our water from Rand Water here in Johannesburg and a lot of the different areas around Gauteng, okay? Mm. And the water's coming from the Lesotho Highland Project, not from the Vaal Dam, which is apparently um, actually full of E. coli at the moment, so oh, I wouldn't goodness. even get into it, let alone drink it. Um, so that is why. But even though Rand Water has now lifted their restriction on the water they're giving to the municipalities, the municipalities are still to lift their restrictions yes. on what we as the homeowners are allowed to use. So still think about using water sparingly and properly. Yeah. Well, <sighs> actually, uh, that, that 66 watering restriction has been around for a very long time. Mm. I mean, even last year when we were having all those rains from January to July, mm. I don't remember there ever being a press release. I think we just, you know, it was in the back burner and we weren't watering our gardens anyway, so it didn't come into mm. play. But I would have thought maybe probably for two years or so that water restriction has been around. It hasn't 
changed anything. Longer. Yeah, so it, it's always been in the background. It only really comes into focus like now when we were in October and we were having sweltering days of 30 to 35 with no sign of rain. Mm. And then, you know, I think it was a culmination of lack of electricity, you know, it water, very, very everything just time. went, yeah. <laughs> everything just went a little bit pear-shaped. And then all the restrictions are actually then said, oh, you know, did you remember this one that's been in place for so long? Yeah. So, but I also think I love gardeners gardeners are they want to look after the earth they want to conserve our planet they want to make it a better place for everyone so just in the principle of being a good gardener then you do look after your water you know the reason that you're planting plants you're not only planting them that they bring you lots of joy and like you say they keep you grounded Mm. but you're planting for the bees and the butterflies and the other insects that are also in your garden and the frogs and the frogs and (laughs) you know the birds and so Gardeners are actually earth-loving people. And so naturally, that would mean that they actually are going to conserve, whether it be looking after their soil and how to make it better, water. They they know the importance of water. Mm. I think it's sometimes people who don't have the privilege of being able to have a garden or don't know that plants actually need water and food and good soil yeah, and that sort of, of things. How many? Oh, how often have you had somebody <laughs> coming in and going, I don't know what's wrong with my plant. I'm like, when did you last have food? Yes. I've never given it any food. Well, hello. <laughs> I go stand in the corner. Go stand in that corner for a month and I'm not going to give you any food. See how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that sort of thing is... If you have a good gardener and if you're not a good gardener yet and you want to learn about it, you know, visit Life as a Gardens page and see. Mm. I mean, this month they were talking all about um, hydroponics. So that's actually using water, but then in a recycled manner that you actually don't have to keep growing your veggies in um, re- hydroponics or in lecker balls because it doesn't only have to be water when you go to hydroponics. It's just a soilless medium. Mm. So they're even giving you ideas that are completely, I want to say, off the wall. But, but they work really well. And a lot of people are saying it works overseas a lot. Um, in our country, it's going to be a challenge. But to start growing hydroponically all your lettuces and your mm. herbs and those wonderful things. Well, you can just take a, a length of guttering and put it up somewhere and then put yeah. the water in there. Stopper up the edges, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so the water doesn't <laughs> run out. And grow in there. I mean, I've seen that done very – like, and, and it's movable as well. So you yeah. can move it from place to place if you need to. And it doesn't take a lot of space. No. And it's nice and clean to harvest, you know, because often the soil – can make your lettuce taste not so crunchy. People (laughs) people really do have to get in touch with the soil again. That's one thing. You don't get your hands dirty. And I think that a lot of parents are like such... I don't want to say Nambi Pambies, um, but close to that, <laughs> where they won't let their kids play in the dirt. And I'm sitting and thinking, oh, kids should. They must get their hands in the water. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the dirt and in the water. Well, I think in, they need to touch and feel things. Mm. Um, we had a restaurant that asked us recently. They said they've got a bit of a problem with flies. And so now they're trying to get the natural way to get rid of flies. And they're going to put little herb tab- um, pots on their tables. So I said, oh, that's a lovely idea. I said, but you know, somebody's going to actually have to touch the leaves of the herbs to release the scent or the essence. So I said, whether it's your waitress by mistake when she's busy taking the order and she just fix it with her hand so that you get that lovely whiff of basil or whiff of rosemary and that's what's going to keep the flies away or you're encouraging your customers to touch and feel the plants Mm. then that's what you have to do but don't plant spearmint or wild african mint because it actually attracts the flies especially when they're flowering surprisingly (laughs) enough i'm thinking don't let your herbs flower otherwise 
Well, that's also unless, unless you want bees, but otherwise don't let your yeah. herbs flower because then they, they think their job is done and they're like, oh, well, now I'm done. Plant made seeds. You know, I can pass away and the next one can come along when those seeds germinate. Yes. So if you want your herbs to last for a very long time, Keep on then just, the just break off the flowers. Off. Yep. And especially things like, you know, coriander. I can't tell you how many customers have come in and said, oh, my coriander only seems to last three months. I'm like, that's a good lifespan for coriander. I don't understand how some people think that plants could last forever. Even lavender, you think, because, well... Because they expect that. I mean, everybody thinks the trees are going to stay where they are. But I mean, like our jacarandas, as we've talked about before, mm. which are now no longer invasives in urban areas, by the way, <laughs> they also only have a lifespan of like between 90 and say 180 years. And if you think how long they've been actually gracing the streets of Joburg and Pretoria, mm. they're going to die off at some time. So we need to start thinking now about putting other trees in to take their place. Yes. And like a beautiful, preferably water wise ones. Yeah, like a lovely, um, and maybe I want to say not so huge, like the lavender tree, the heteropixis. I think it's just as huge as the jacaranda. <laughs> I know they say small. No, I'm, I know I've seen the really big ones. It's like, oh, okay. Like it was like, oh, falcatus, uh, you know the yeah, um, the yellowwoods. Yeah, no, that's also good for a small garden. I'm like, no, what? they get 50 meters tall. What are you talking about? Uh, we live in a delusional state. <laughs> it's going to stay small forever. You're going to have to just keep pruning it, make it a mini bonsai type thing. Okay. Yeah. But then we get on to plants that actually don't need water, which is, is quite useful for people who are really not particularly good gardeners yet. Although mm. I do know a lot of people who have managed to kill air plants. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but they have done it. I think it's because they they presume that they don't need any water because there's enough moisture in the air. Mm. So if you had an air plant now, it was actually going to survive beautifully. But if you had an air plant in October in the and sun, you didn't sun the sun, outside. yeah, even if it was in a shady tree still, yeah, and you didn't actually go and give it any water. If you think we didn't have any rain probably from or any moisture in our air since the second was, week in August. Yeah, so that's at least two months that mm. there was no moisture, not even a, a drop of it. So if you didn't at one stage in that whole time go and, you know, put a sprinkler on or take your gray water and throw it over your plants, that poor air plant's thinking, oh my goodness, you know, this is not my favorite place to be living. But all you need to do so, if, the, if the air plant's still small enough is actually just take it and like, you know, once every two weeks or so yeah. go and plonk it in a, bu- uh, a bucket of water. Yeah. Leave it there for a moment or two. Well, a little bit more than a moment or two and then go and put it back again that's all you need to do and it will yeah. actually be okay and it'll also get all the dust off of it yeah well i think that's what i'm doing with some of my indoor plants now yeah i've got a, a sponge because i thought you know they are getting a little bit dusty and i'm trying to water them very wisely so i, I do use your bucket idea and I, every week or so when my spathy film is looking a bit droopy then i say oh everybody's time for a bath and I go and get a bucket, put the water in it and then leave them all in there for 10 minutes. But then because I'm not watering their leaves anymore, Mm. then they're getting a little bit dusty. So now I'm like, oh, now I have to sponge you also. (laughs) Feels like an old age home. Wipe you down. There we go. We're going to care for you nicely. Yeah. um, I mean, it has been very, very dusty and and, um, hopefully the dust will settle. Yeah. Uh, Well, I was going to, you know, I think there's always good with bad. And so although it's been really dusty, when you talk, talk about the jacarandas, I feel I've never seen them flower as beautifully as they did this year. They're just the, the contrast of the colors of them against the blue of the sky mm. or 
I can't. There's so many. Also, the Bogan Villas were looking incredible. Amazing this year. Yeah. So you had these jacarandas, and in between was this pop of magenta or purple, a different shade, growing through with the Bogan Villas, or you know even green hedging and the star jasmine. When you talk Mine's about gone the, crazy. Yes, the, when you talk about the dust, we had customers complaining that the star jasmine pollen was causing them to sneeze and get all sorts of allergies, which I'd also never heard actually before that customers were worried. So I think. There is that challenge that we've got the plants were doing exceptionally well because they had so much good water mm-hmm. and then it went into a dry, a bit of a dry, but it wasn't dry enough to kill them. It was actually dry enough to make them thrive and be like, oh, we need to we, actually, like, we're going to die soon. So we need to put out as many flowers as possible to make as many seeds as possible so that we can continue to throw our spawn onto the earth. Yes, that's exactly what they were saying yeah. to us. And I think that's why we had such a beautiful October. I mean, Everything was just flowering like I've never seen it flower yeah. before. And so, and now I think they've taken a little bit of a reprieve. And they're like, I don't know. Oh, wow. I live underneath a jacaranda. And oh, it's still it's, going. And it's not raining. I yeah. just hear this plop, plop. So it's purple rain. Oh, with all the flowers. Beautiful. Not so much because then you walk outside and forget there are all these petals there and they've gone sludgy and then you slide onto your bum. <laughs> I've done that a number of times. I'm quite well known for falling so on my butt. You're also a little bit blue and black. <laughs> but it is lovely. I mean, you know, so we can either work just with water when it comes to plants or we mm-hmm. can w- work without water as much as possible as well. Mm. So you just, especially if you're living indoors, um, I think getting that right. And that's one thing that your indoor plants do need is humidity mm. uh, the majority of them they're very few that actually will be happy without being kind of like spritzed down or having like a bowl of water underneath them that they don't stand the pot in but uh, you yeah know, kind the of moisture on. comes yeah. yeah so i mean the only one that i can think of and we've mentioned it before is the sansevieria the mother-in-law's tongue and you know we've even got those flowering in the nursery amazing i can't believe they it it's a beautiful flower they do and it's even fragrant yes I'm thinking, you know, and that's what I actually, I love about succulents is that I always think, oh my goodness, succulents, <laughs> terrible plants. Why? <laughs> they, they have fat, juicy leaves and I just, I don't know, they don't appeal to me in a, wow, you're a pretty way. But now I'm starting to realize that when they do flower, their flowers are so incredibly delicate and Absolutely gorgeous. I mean, the the intricacy that goes into that flower mm. to try and get a little bee or a ladybird or a moth or something to come and pollinate it even. I just think, wow. But come on, think and about so, those wonderful little round cacti at the moment. Mine's, I've got a, f- a few of them in pots. I've got a little succulent corner because yeah. nothing else will grow there. It's really hot. <laughs> and they've got all those beautiful, beautiful cerise-colored yes. flowers ringing the top like a little halo. Yes, it actually it does. It looks like a like, yeah, halo. I was thinking of a crown even. Mm. And so I think that's the joy of succulents is the surprise of that something so beautiful can, for me, come from something that's so, so spiky. Yes, <laughs> so non-appealing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of like succulents. I like, I like looking at them. Um, from the point of view of their different shapes and the rosettes that you get. And I mean, love, mother-in-law's tongue, everybody says, oh, I've got this area here. And I'm just like, whether it's indoors or outdoors, okay, put a mother-in-law's tongue because it's also a carbon sequestrator. So it's the yeah. same as having like speck bone. Yes. Yeah. No, no, it is, it is very good, but <laughs> luckily we're all different. <laughs> yes. There's some people who would like to have just entire succulent garden so they don't have to do any maintenance, which is also quite a, a but I also think that's a thing. bit of a, don't you think that's a misnomer, if that's the right word? I find that succulents 
they they don't need a lot of work mm. but they still they need a little bit and now if we're having a lot of rain then you know the pebbles that you sometimes put around them they get washed away you have to make sure you still have good drainage mm. because i think a lot of people put succulents in a a pot and then they don't worry about the hole at the bottom because they're like oh we're only going to give you a teaspoon of water once a week and then maybe you go and put the pot outside and then the next thing it's flooded and your succulents like turning yellow and it's like I'm drowning here. I'm drowning. And you, no, there are people and then, who can kill succulents too. And then too. there are people who are saying, well, why are you drowning? And why didn't you just, you know, get rid of the water? And the plant is like, I didn't need this much water. Yeah. You know, so. if only they could talk. But they do. <laughs> oh, and my that's goodness. why everybody should have peace lilies because it'll remind you that you need to water your plants because they just go bleh. <laughs> yes. And you know what I'm so amazed of is um, my peace lily, which is the sacrificial plant, as we would talk about it, and does do that builder part, is actually starting to flower. I keep saying to people, oh, it's never going to flower because I stress it so much by using it as a water meter. That um, And then I saw this morning that there was a bud. Oh. I was like, yay, this is it. I'm not stressing you too much anymore. <laughs> I've got these watering practices sorted. And that's the <laughs> thing is once you've got it right, it's actually yeah. easy. But then I've also got people who are saying, you know, with the rain that's coming, Mm. And, and they say, I've, I've noticed on one of my plants, I've got these like, it's almost like a spider web. I'm like, oh dear, you've got spider mite. Oof, and yes. uh, yeah, look underneath the leaves of your indoor plants and your outdoor plants if you happen to see any of these things. Don't forget to look under the leaves. That's where you're going to find most of the problems happening. Yeah. Yeah. But now, what else have we, okay, we, you've got a Ooh. seasonal gardening group. Yes. On that's Life is a Garden. For Life is a Garden's Facebook page is to do a seasonal gardening. So if you have any gardening related questions, you can ask them there. If you want to share something that looks like our Sansevieria that's flowering so beautifully and it's quite an unusual sighting, mm-hmm. you know, we could share that there. So it's just a, a group that talks about gardening. And I think it was also originally when it was created was to remind people that gardening does come in seasons. We don't often celebrate like the fall, the summer, you know, the autumn, those type of in our country because they kind of blur into one. We just go from winter to spring. (laughs) (laughs) We go from winter to summer. And so we don't have that really season that. But I still like to look for it. I still like to look for the falling trees. I mean, falling trees. (laughs) Falling leaves. Now I was going to say now with all the rain that we might be having, just watch out for your falling trees because the roots are quite shallow for Mm -hmm. a lot of trees. Um, But no, falling leaves. I love to look for the change of your, like I think your garden evolves. So what you planted in spring will maybe only look great in summer and then the summer stuff looks great later. So you you need to plant for that. So I love the idea of a seasonal garden group because it reminds people that actually… This is the time to do this. Yes. This is the time to do that. Yes. And don't do this now because no. you only do it later. <laughs> yeah. But there's so many wonderful groups and, and resources online as well. I mean, mm. I… I Obviously, spend a lot more time on Facebook, but I do go onto Instagram because there's. But I don't find you don't have the groups as much on Insta as you do on Facebook. So yeah, the advice that yeah. comes from the groups. Yeah, and mm. that is the thing. I mean, so I've got like I head up two groups online. Oh, okay. um, one for bulbs, which is the Hedeco bulbs and beyond. So it's not just about bulbs. I love and that. And then name. of course the Lifestyle Garden Club, yeah. and. The ones that I belong to, which I kind of love um, delving into, is like trees of Africa. So if you ever have like, okay, there's a tree. I don't know what it is. Can you help me? If you take a picture of the leaf, 
the flower, if it has a flower, the fruit, if it has a fruit, the shape of the tree, okay, and maybe the bark as well. That's what everybody needs to be able to actually give you a proper identification. Yeah. People sometimes, I put pictures up and they're like, what is this? And we're like, no <laughs> idea. Absolutely no I was, idea. I was in Clarence last week and a gentleman, he brought, so I'd finished speaking and then mm. he brings these two tree leaves and he says to me, oh, can you help me identify the tree? And the one's been in his car for the last, <laughs> I don't know, don't four hours or that. something. And it's all nice and crispy. And I, I'm i like, um, and the tree? And he's like, oh, I forgot to take a photo. And I'm like, so this crispy little that looks like a French fry kind of a leaf, you want me to try and tell you what? I was like, oh, goodness, no, this is going to be a hard one. And then he's like, oh, but on this one, I've actually bought you a berry. I'm like, oh, it could be a berry. <laughs> so it was a real, real challenge. So I do think, you know, it's like trying to say, oh, did you see that person who has brown eyes yes. walking in the street? And they're like, well, brown eyes, what height, what, you know, you, the plants are the same. They have distinguishing characteristics yep, you have that make ID them special. Them <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I do like your idea of, you know, please bring all these five things when you want us to identify. It just makes it easy. But then, I mean, the, so, the, you know, there's not just the groups. There's, mm. I mean, life, life has gotten, obviously, I mean, if you need any advice on that, you can ask the experts. Yes. <laughs> that would be us, of course. Um, but you, if you do need help, then these are the things to do is to yeah. go and, and find it online, but only look for things that say South Africa. Yeah. Don't go and look for advice and go onto American page because you know what? Their plants are different there. Their conditions are different. You're not going to get the right advice. Yeah. And I think also, you know, go and visit your local garden centers as well because they mm. have wonderful, knowledgeable staff who know what they're talking about in terms of the seasons and what you should be planting and they can help you out with wonderful things to do at this particular time. You know, so we just finished rose planting, I think, or all our roses were looking absolutely Amazing. wonderful. So we had a really good October in terms of roses. And now what's the next thing that's going to be jumping out and saying, yes, and I can see we're wearing blue. Yes. You're in Agapanthus month already. I'm already Agapanthus. <laughs> and I mean, at the so, moment, yeah, I mean, I know that um, the, uh, the Aloe Farm has an Agapanthus festival every year. Yeah. And Andy DeVette from there, he's hybridizing Agapanthus at <gasps> such a rate that he's also got a pale pink one. Yeah. Or, and amazing. He, and he released a new one this season, which was called um, Blackjack. Yeah. It's it very, very dark. Yeah, that one. Very, very dark. Um, and it's already sold out. It's just fabulous that, mm. you know, people are actually looking for gardening trends and something that's new and I think that's quite incredible. Uh, Agapanthus so. are not new. Agapanthus should just be something that everybody has in their garden because they fill that space. They're indigenous. They're water-wise. They keep going. You can share yeah. them with friends and they are just the most blessing of a plant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that being said, with your Agapanthus, they also do tract the um, bollworm. Yes. So please be conscious of that um, when you do have them. You know, just look out for the worms, whether you go and pick them off manually or you use a pesticide to get rid of them. Don't use a pesticide. Get up close and personal with your plants and pick all the worms and squish them. <laughs> Put them in the garden for the birds to eat. That was on one of the, the Facebook. Somebody the other day is like, oh, there's this worm here, but I want to save it. And it's on my veggies. And, and like, I'm look, everybody's looking at this and saying, please get rid of it because it's a lily borer. Oh, it's no. going to take out all your clover. It's going to take out all your agapanthus. And they're like, no, but I want to save Somebody says, put it onto your cabbage. That's cabbage leaves. I'm like, just take it out. Everybody, How can you kill the worms? I'm like, okay, well, I'll let the birds get them. Okay? Yes, that that's a good better. idea. Yeah. <laughs> Attract more birds to your garden. So, so what else? I mean, oh, 
okay. We're running out of so, time here. So, so sorry. If kids, we, what can we get for kids doing this month? <gasps> so there's wonderful activities for kids to do this month in terms of hydroponics and air plants and creating... Um, I want to say art, using an air plant in a little spiral wire attached to a rock. So it almost becomes like a paperweight, mm-hmm. but with the air plant in it like a bird's nest. So they give you all the ideas on how to do that as life as a garden. They've given their kids ideas on how to do it with um, turning Coke bottles into hydroponics as well. So you could grow your vegetables on your windowsill in your kitchen if you wanted, or your herbs. So there's quite a lot of. And just I mean, don't just try and grow a cabbage in a in a no. bottle. Okay. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that um, life has gotten, and whether you're doing it as a microgreen in a windowsill or in your flower beds. Is what I, a new thing that I didn't actually realize is like radish. If you eat the radish leaves, they taste exactly the same as the crunchy radish. Yes, in like the carrot actual, tops as well. Yes, they taste like carrots. Well, I'm, I learned a new thing that I, carrots, when they flower, they look amazing, mm. and I'd actually forgotten that. And so now I'm planting carrot seeds instead of agapanthus. I'm planting carrot seeds in all my as a filler in my flower beds, so that I'm just going to have carrots everywhere, but not for that I'm ever going to eat them. But, <laughs> I mean, that would be way too healthy and sensible. <laughs> that ca- carrot should eat a carrot. <laughs> I know. What a ridiculous thing. But they're going to create beautiful, beautiful flowers mm. for me. And I thought, oh, I quite like that idea. So, you know, vegetables do have a purpose besides eating as well. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, all plants, be they weeds or not, they all yeah. have a place on God's great earth. And that's yeah. what Right. So th- for those of you who want some more great ideas or any hints and tips, of course, get along to lifeisagarden.co.za and you'll find all... All this information plus more. And Absolutely. If you need anything, as we've said, just shout. Just let us know that you need some help with something and we'll be there to help you. Carrie, as always, an absolute <laughs> pleasure to have you in studio with us. And it was we'll lovely chatting to you. Hopefully catch up with you next month and see what we should yes. be doing for December time when everybody is going to be hopefully going on holiday and actually enjoying, maybe enjoying the garden at home or somebody else's garden somewhere else in the world. <laughs> yes, I think so. I think lots of people are going away. Yeah. So we'll, we'll tell them how to save their gardens when, in their absence. Yeah. <laughs> Get a good house sitter. That's my version. <laughs> Thank you so much. And of course, Thank everybody, you. don't forget to uh, keep tuning in and listening to, well, you can listen to all the past episodes of Grounded as well. There's yes. so many of them about all different kinds of things to do with the earth and the garden and environment. And if you have any great ideas, do let us know. Just drop us a line. Okay. And we'll catch up with you again next time. And just remember, stay grounded. Bye-bye. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of Grounded from Solid Gold Studios in Johannesburg. For more green ideas and events, pop along to Mel's Treasures on Facebook.